Welcome to the Principled Podcast, brought to you by LRN. The Principled Podcast brings together the collective wisdom on ethics, business and compliance, transformative stories of leadership, and inspiring workplace culture. Listen in to discover valuable strategies from our community of business leaders and workplace changemakers. Annual ethics and compliance training is an essential and critical part of an effective ethics and compliance program. But it can often seem like a visit to the dentist for employees if it consists of long legalistic lectures on complicated topics. How can organizations find ways to engage employees and ensure that training content resonates with them, particularly in today's fast-paced work environments? Hello, and welcome to another episode of LRN's Principled Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Divers, Director of Thought Leadership and Best Practices at LRN. Today, I'm joined by Craig Hucklebridge and Lindsay Conrad of Autodesk, a California-based tech company with 13,000 employees that is well-known for its AutoCAD design software, favored by architects, and also for its regular wins at the Academy Awards for the visual effects it enables for many of the top Hollywood studios. Craig is the Senior Director of Legal Compliance and Litigation at Autodesk, and Lindsay is the Director of Compliance. We're going to be talking about how Autodesk uses gamification to drive engagement and help employees master complex compliance topics, and how they developed a model in-house that is both popular and effective. Craig and Lindsay, thanks so much for coming on the Principled Podcast. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, let's start with, if you can take us through the journey towards making a major shift in your training program by developing, as I understand it, a game show approach to anti-corruption, antitrust, and conflict of interest, three notoriously complex compliance topics. Tell us what started you down this road. What problems were you trying to solve? And did you have to overcome any skepticism? Sure. So it, it's something we we always think about. You know, how can we make our training more engaging? So it's both more memorable for folks, so they retain more information, and also more fun, so they have a good experience with compliance training. So it's a little bit less like a trip to the dentist office. This became more important for us during the pandemic because we lost that communal experience of in-person meetings, that sort of natural engagement that comes with a, a live audience. And we started learning about things like competition for the eyeballs and Zoom fatigue among employees. So we knew we had to up our game. We wanted to make sure that our training in this environment was more than just a talking head and a PowerPoint. We needed something more, something that would really resonate with audiences and engage them more more effectively. Yeah, at the time, I was sitting at home with my kids, as we all were, and had a front row seat to their own learning environment and saw for the first time these kids were playing online games in their classes and not only learning from it, but really excited about it. So I thought it would be worth trying for some of our live audience as well. And luckily, Autodesk is great. We work at a company that really trusts our team to try new things to improve our compliance program. So we didn't face any skepticism from our leadership team. It was just a matter of finding the right technology and delivery method to roll this out. Wow, that's impressive. And I love the analogy 
with seeing your kids get engaged in remote learning and drawing a conclusion from that, that it could work. So tell us what one of your games looks like. How do they work? Sure. So the basic format of each of the games is that all the people in the training will register with an app that allows them to answer timed multiple choice quiz questions. That's the basic format. The games themselves are always evolving, but within that format, the basic concept is test, then teach. So we don't spend a lot of time explaining a compliance concept, giving these legalese descriptions of things. We start with a quiz question to see if they got it. And then we discuss why the answers they gave may be right or may be wrong. And we do that because of studies that show that people learn concepts better when they make errors, frankly. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. We actually, in our platform, have a test out feature where you can try to test out from the course. And what we see too, is that if somebody fails the test out, then they ace the course because they then pay attention to it better. But back to the games. So you developed them in-house, I take it. Did you call upon Autodesk's in-house talent to do that? How did that work and how long did it take? Well, Autodesk's in-house talent in this regard happens to be the compliance team. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we did develop them ourselves. We use third-party technology to deliver it, but we create the questions and the flow and all of that ourselves. And then a big part of the work is coming up with the content, and not just the game format, but the material itself. We want that to be just as engaging. We base all of our games on, on case studies, so real-world hypotheticals, and look for situations that are directly relevant to our work, and in some cases inspired by real questions or investigations that we have covered. So it's much more impactful for people to hear things that they recognize in their work, and everyone loves the big reveal, dum-dum-dum, this really happened here, that automatically gets people interested. Yeah, we are like the law and order of compliance. We definitely rip fact patterns straight from headlines. And one of our question types is true or false. This happened at Autodesk. And we walk through a fact pattern and people will have to guess whether it happened at Autodesk or more often another company. But we really enjoy these questions. People really enjoy those questions because they give us a a way to increase people's sense of organizational justice because when they get to hear outcomes related to some of the issues they faced, they know that we address them appropriately. That's tremendous. And that's also a great illustration of some of the guidance that the Department of Justice put out in 2020, where they suggested actually using sanitized real-life scenarios or certainly customizing your content so that people can really relate to it and get engaged. And I love the point you made about organizational justice, because that's absolutely fundamental to a good compliance program. Before we leave this topic, can you walk us through step-by-step how one of the games works? So we're pretty focused on risk-based training. And for these trainings in particular, they're pretty high touch and live. So we use them primarily right now for what we would call our higher risk employees. So we'd invite these folks to a training and now we have the ability to do them both in an online environment, but also a live or hybrid environment where we can actually show up in person. And participants are asked to register with an app 
that allows them to provide their name or sometimes a funny name. And they join and we then start posing questions. Each of the questions is timed. And so they'll have anywhere, depending on complexity, 30 seconds to a minute to respond. And once the group has responded to the question, it will first flash up the correct answer and all the incorrect answers, giving us an opportunity to talk through why each one was correct or incorrect. And then on the next segment, we reveal how the group is doing. And there's a leaderboard that will identify the top five or so participants. And scoring is based on not only a correct answer, but the time it takes to respond. So it really encourages people to get their answers in quickly and get them right. And what we see when people, whether it's online or in person, people get really revved up about trying to show up on that leaderboard. And it will do things like, say, who's moving up the leaderboard the fastest and who's dropped off. So it really gets people's engines revved for the competition aspect of it. And then at the end of the game, it will tell you who wins, essentially. Right. So it it feels like a game show or even like a pub trivia event where everyone's participating. And that competition is one of the things that resonates with people. And our team is part of that. When when Lindsay or another member of our team leads these trainings, they're the game show host, and then they have to bring the energy. That really gets the competitive juices flowing. We also always try to have senior leaders participate. So that adds an element of beat the boss competitive energy to the training as well. Well, that's fantastic that you've got senior leaders competing. How many times do they win, if I can ask? Okay, well, I will say that what was the most fun thing that happened, I'd mentioned the leaderboard. In one of our earlier trainings that we did this, the senior leader who was participating in that one had never throughout the entire game shown up on the leaderboard. And then at the very end, when we announced the winners, the game will show who won, that senior leader was in the top spot, moved from wherever they were in the group to the top, which was hilarious and funny. And now becomes this anecdote that we use in our future trainings about how stick with the game. You never know what happens. This happened in one of our games. So the senior leaders actually end up doing pretty well, which is good for tone from the top as well. Well, that's great. And I'm sure everybody remembers that event. Before we leave mechanics, what do you do about people who are non-English speakers? Have you been able to translate some of these? So we do translate them. That's one of the benefits to the tools that we use. We can put the written materials in the local language. And then depending on the audience, we work with our local legal colleagues to understand what would work best for the audience and oftentimes have them help participate in the hosting of the show in the language that makes most sense for the audience. That's a great feature for flexibility. And just out of curiosity, have you extended these games to, for example, high-risk third parties, or are you thinking about that? We have tried the games for high-risk third parties. They work. The challenge with these third parties is a lot of the entertainment value out of the games and a lot of the reason that people like to participate so much is because they know each other and they've got their competitive juices flowing. When we get a bunch of third parties who don't know each other involved, it's probably not as 
dynamic. <laughs> dynamic. That's a good word. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Yeah, I could see where they might be a little bit more self-conscious than the employees. It sounds like, and I can't imagine this isn't the case, but this is undoubtedly highly popular among your employees. Do you find that you get a lot of really good feedback and comments from employees as a result of the games? The feedback's been fabulous, frankly. It's been overwhelmingly positive. We send around a poll after each of these trainings to understand what they liked, what they didn't like, what they learned, what they'd like to see more of. And almost universally, people are thrilled by the change in the way that we deliver these trainings. And even in person, you can feel the palpable energy that people come to these with. We have some of the comments we've collected and have presented to the board and, and senior leaders at the company. Some of the word clouds that you get from the feedback is just really rewarding as a compliance team to see things like dynamic and fun, innovative, focused and funny, more trainings like this, please. That was one of our headlines. So you love to see that type of feedback when you're presenting training to folks. Yeah, you certainly do. That's about as far from a visit to the dentist as you can get. And then flipping it around for a minute, what do you learn from doing the games? Are there particular topics that are more difficult? What we learn is actually that that's one of the most important benefits, I think, of going to an interactive game format. Both the format and the tools we use allow us to collect data. So we see which questions and subject areas are well understood and which are not well understood, which allows us to track concepts that we understand that our employees are having difficulty with and that we need to adjust our trainings or our focus so that we can make sure that we're bringing folks up and getting everyone at the level that we want them to be at. So really, each one of these games is like a mini risk assessment for that particular audience, and that allows us to fine-tune our priorities. It also allows us to actually track engagement. So participation in the game is voluntary, even if attendance at the training is not. So we can see who's actually answering questions, who's paying attention, and who's not. So we see how long we keep people's attention and where we might be losing them. We have seen that, by and large, the majority of people stay engaged throughout the entire game, which can be up to 90 minutes. And we think that's a huge improvement over the traditional talking head and PowerPoint, which we imagine does not have 90, uh, you know, full engagement for, for a 90-minute presentation. No, I would, I would imagine not. Is there a way that you can track the degree to which people do retain the training? How do you try to measure that or evaluate it? So that is part of our plan. It's a bit of a work in progress. But what we hope to do with, these, with this format is, is revisit these topics, come back to the audiences and train them again. Of course, we'll have new people coming in and out and so forth. But when we return, especially to higher risk areas and, and retake some of these concepts and see, retake these trainings and test some of these concepts and see where we might have had some weaknesses, have we improved in those areas? So this ability to collect data each time we go out in front of an, a live audience really allows us to track our progress in addition to understanding where some of those risk areas might be. Yeah, that makes total sense. And then how does this fit into Autodesk's other training? I know we're privileged to have you as a client. So how do you meld this up or include it as a strategy to use other training methods as well? What we do with this training is we're very focused on role-specific challenges. For some of our trainings that we deliver to the entire employee population or a much larger audience, we have to be more general about what some of the important compliance concepts are. Here, we can get really, really focused and 
use scenarios that these folks are actually seeing in their day-to-day work and talk about them and, and really significant detail, which I think is a big advantage for us. Yes, absolutely agree. We we definitely use LRN and many of the, the tremendous content that we get from, from third parties in our broad compliance trainings, like our code of business conduct trainings. But when we have these areas where you want to be really focused, really specific to people's roles in our company and to provide that really customized experience for our audiences, we think this is a great format for that. Yeah, that's one of the most impressive best practices I've heard about in the last couple of years. So what topics are next for gamification? Are you going to continue down this path and this journey? Absolutely. I think we want to continue with this format. We're also looking for new ideas. I don't, I don't think we ever want to, to stop trying to be more innovative in how we deliver this type of content to our employees. But we are absolutely looking to expand. We're partnering with other groups within the legal department and also with internal audit and other stakeholders to make explaining what we do, highlighting the benefits of it, and trying to really uh, upscale all of our uh, approaches to educating and training our workforce. That's fantastic. Well, we could talk about this all day, but we're starting to run out of time. So in closing, what advice would you give to other ethics and compliance professionals who want to incorporate games into their training efforts? Where should they start and what pitfalls should they try to avoid? I guess I would start with just saying, don't be intimidated by the technical challenge. And if we can do it, you can do it. It doesn't have to be too complicated. The key is to make it relevant and make it fun. You want people to enjoy themselves and find something that speaks to them. If you do, they will remember it. And then secondly, don't underestimate the value of the data. So it's not just about having fun and getting good reviews on your learning management system. Your team's collecting important information and you're doing it without the teeth pulling of a survey. And I'll add that it's so fun, including for the presenters. Everybody who engages in public speaking knows the difference between presenting to a flat or distracted audience with people checking their phones, or I'm sure I've seen somebody sleeping in an audience before. And when you present to an excited, engaged, participating audience, it it energizes the presenter. It energizes you and definitely helps me love my job. (laughs) It's just a great experience for our audiences. It sounds like it. It sounds like a very high engagement, high energy experience for everyone. Well, in light of the need to start closing this out, I'd love to have you back in a year and see what else you've done with gamification or other types of really creative training. So Craig, Lindsay, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and exploring this topic with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks, Susan. My name is Susan Frank Divers, and I want to thank everyone for listening to the Principled Podcast by LRN. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Principled Podcast is brought to you by LRN. At LRN, our mission is to inspire principled performance in global organizations by helping them foster winning ethical cultures rooted in sustainable values. Please visit us at LRN.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review.